The Friday Reporter launched in March of 2021 as a conversation with today's journalists and has expanded to include newsmakers, lawmakers, image makers, and just about anybody who's in the news or the news adjacent business. The podcast is in partnership with PR Daily and is part of the Big Wig Podcast Network. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button to make sure you've got ready access to the latest conversation. And if you've got an idea for a great guest, don't forget to send your ideas to Lisa at FridayReporter.com. Well, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter podcast. I am, I, I can't say, I can't say enough about how lucky I am to have such great friends in this town and all across the country. And as we turn the corner into Thanksgiving week and really the turn into 24, I had a lucky opportunity to check in with my good friend, Jade Davis, who is the co-founder of the Thornton Buckeye Group and chief strategy officer for the, for the organization that he and his wife have built in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, But Jade Davis, who is my guest today, is also not anymore inside the district. He's out in the world. And he's going to give us share a story about how he got started, what he's doing today, and and what it is that's happening there in Ohio. Jade, it is so great to see you today. Good to see you as well, Lisa. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's good to have a small mini a uh, clean cold reunion here. <laughs> the rest of our friends are going to be so jealous. We together, Jade and I became great friends working on the clean coal campaign, what feels like a lifetime ago now. But we met because Jade had this tremendous background in energy policy and had come to Washington, D.C. And really just he lit the place up with tremendous insight into not only what was happening in the the policy space, but also really how it was impacting the country. And so, Jade, before we get into all of that, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got started in this business? Well, I'll tell you, um, I was born and raised in uh, here in Ohio, grew up in Cleveland, and uh, was really first introduced to politics through my parents, uh, specifically my uh, father's involvement with our community. And uh, which really taught me that you have to engage government in order to understand it, in order to have it work for you. And also, uh, both of my parents sort of insistence on voting and um, making that that was always no matter we were voting for a dog catcher or president, it was always something we were going to go stand in line or go to the local school. And and that was something we were going to do. And it's still a something I do now with my my children and my wife as well. And so um, that sparked my interest. In high school, I was placed at, uh, I went to Benedictine High School in Cleveland, which is an all-boys Catholic high school. And I was placed in AP history, politics, and English courses. And during that time, it really sparked, I really sparked an interest through our writing, uh, which we did a lot of writing. So through public policy. And this is the late 90s. So this is sort of the uh, nationally is the Gingrich and Clinton uh, Mm -hmm. issues there in in D.C. Uh, uh, Locally in the state, it's uh, in in Ohio, it's getting ready for Y2K and and all those kind of things and what we should be doing and sort of what does the 21st century look for? uh, What was then called commonly called the Rust Belt and now more Opportunity Belt. And those public policy conversations in class end up uh, having me now begin my own um, engagement in campaigns and working with people and sort of helping out within my community. 
And I, I attended college at the College of Worcester uh, for undergrad. And uh, at Worcester, not only, not only did I played football and was a letter winner and had a great career there athletically, but got involved in a lot of different um, student groups and campaigns, local, state, federal campaigns. Um, I was in college during the Bush v. Gore, uh, all those kind of things. And I remember just hearing, and I think one thing that uh, a lot of Americans may not understand is that to the rest of the world, our democracy is sort of like a, a miracle. I, mean, I remember people literally were sitting in class with me like, if this would have happened where I was from, there would have been like we wouldn't have been at school. There would have been complete disruption. There would wow. have been a, there would have been all these kind of uh, it would have been you know certain certain folks would have had to go go home and go away and all these kind of things. Uh, whereas we were all just sitting there like, well, it's gonna get down to Supreme Court and we're gonna have a protest and then we're gonna vote again in four years and 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 all those kind of things. After uh, college and grad school and working on various campaigns. In the meantime, I went to banking a little bit and went to grad school. Um, but through all that work on campaigns, mostly national and state level at that point and, and in college and grad school, I sort of gravitated to policy, especially energy, infrastructure, economic development issues. And um, that's where a lot of my research in school was, was really geared towards. And after graduate school started working, um, Went to grad school at Eastern Michigan, got an MPA there, moved to Columbus, Ohio, and started working for the Ohio Senate uh, Democratic Caucus doing policy work mm -hmm. and uh, helped um, initiate the state's first renewable energy uh, standards and helped craft that uh, with then House Speaker, now Lieutenant Governor Houston, and, and renewable uh, energy efficiency programs and projects and working with manufacturers or utilities and had a chance at a very young age to sort of be in the room and hear these negotiations and understand why various um, interests were aligned and why other interests weren't. And learned something very critical is that everybody could sort of be right at the same time. Yeah. And um, in policy and politics is how do you navigate that? And that sort of led my interest in becoming a lobbyist. And after getting appointed by Governor Strickland to go over to Public Utilities Commission and sort of represent the PUCO uh, with our congressional delegation and with Ohio General Assembly, had the chance to come move to D.C. and work on K Street with the good folks at American Coalition for Clean Coal Electricity and, and work on various energy issues in the states. And again, getting back to the states was helpful because it informed a lot of what uh, I didn't necessarily get caught in some of the beltway um, assumptions about what people cared about yeah. and what people thought about various issues. I was able to see it and come and inform not only just our leadership and our organization, but in sort of engagement with on the Hill and in the White House. And it was a, a great learning experience. Again, I was blessed to have that sort of background. And 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 really started from the bottom and understanding politics and was able to come to D.C. and learn a lot and meet a lot of people. I love that, Jade. Um, and and I want to interrupt for just a second. First off, I would be yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't say that one of my most loyal 
uh, listeners and good friends, Chris Jones, who's here in Washington, D.C., is also a Worcester grad. So next time you're in town, I got to get the two of you guys together because I'm sure y'all would talk a blue streak about all the cool things that happen at the college. But also, too, um, you and I, what I love so much about your background is that it reminded me when you came to when you came to the American Coalition for Clean Coal Electricity, you reminded me of my background, too, because I had started in the New Jersey State House. I'd gone to school in Trenton and I had come up sort of watching the legislature and understanding that um, and spend a lot of time too. also, like you said, like even when my kids were little, I'd bring them into the voting booth and give them the opportunity to see how that process worked. And I love that because you're really instilling that in, in your your young people today so that you'll, they'll have a legacy and a lifelong appreciation for that, um, that value and that, that importance that, that we all have and the right that we have to, to have a voice. But the, all, the other thing too, Jade, I want to I ask you about before we get back to you coming to D.C. and then returning back home. Um, what did you think was the most important part of having that state background when you came to D.C.? It strikes me that the fact that you said everyone can be right at the same time, that is, that is so important to have that point of view. Tell me a little bit about having that perspective and coming to D.C. and being able to impart that in the work that you did then. Honestly, I think it grounds you. I think it grounds you in understanding that um, – Everybody has an interest. Everybody has a need. Everybody has, everybody needs resources and everybody needs more resources. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and oftentimes I think sort of this, you know, the 24 hour news cycle and, and uh, now with the ability to sort of chop up segments into, you know, five second to, you know, five minutes or whatever yeah. on social media uh, sort of distorts where people think other people are. Um, and coming from the States, uh, coming from a state like Ohio, which sort of, uh, you go to DC and you realize like, everybody's like one person removed from Ohio. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's one of those places in which we have 88 counties. Out of 88 counties, probably nine or so are actually what could be considered urban. Mm. But they may, but those eight or nine counties may have 55 to 60 percent of the folks in the state. And so everything I sort of done was sort of understanding of, of this uh, of this dichotomy of growing up in the city, but driving 45 minutes, you'll see a farm. Yeah, you see a very different kind of a, a way of life. But then go down to the state house and um, you'll you, you're now working with. Um, people who, if you live in Cleveland, you may be 140 miles from Columbus, but it takes you two hours to get there. If you live in, say, you know, uh, Williams County, you're 98 miles from Columbus, but it takes you three and a half hours to get there because of a lack of access to interstate or, uh, or only two lane highways and things of that nature. And what does that, what does that mean for economic development? Mm -hmm. And so you can't just say, well, we need to have more economic development money and emphasis just here because this is where all the people are. Well, you also have very important agricultural, very important manufacturing, very important research that's going on in those other places. And so having that sort of grounding uh, when I came to DC and having to come up politically and professionally in that grounding when by the time I got there gave me a different perspective. And I think 
I think other folks who are lobbying and, and, and on K Street that have that background will tell you the same thing. Uh, you saw it as well. It's very different. Now, if you you know, come to D.C. after college and you sort of come up professionally and politically there, you have a very different view of what people um, outside of the Beltway are thinking. Sure. Um, and again, you may not be wrong. Uh, you just may not be as right as you think you are. And I, <laughs> I love that. The, I love that so much. Uh, and, and, and for us, the same thing. Yeah. And I think that's the grounding to help. Jade, what is the, the legislature with the travel like that, as long as that takes every legislature has their own sort of beat as they run. How does the Ohio legislature, are they in all the time? Are they in for a certain period of time? I'm not, I'm not familiar with how they run in Ohio. It's not like Texas or Indiana where they, they sort of come in and, and for, you know, two, three months and then they're gone for two years. The yeah. Ohio legislature is a full-time part-time legislature. Got it. Uh, That's a lot like New Jersey. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have, have session again. They have the breaks. A lot of summers. Usually August is very quiet. Most of July, depending on what's budget, where the budget cycle is and mm-hmm. things like that, is usually pretty empty. June could be as well. Off years, Got election it. years, you may have some time away, uh, but uh, for the most part, they are there um, um, every month of the year, with the exception maybe one or two. Got it. Uh, and they're there for two to three days a week for two to three weeks a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's busy. And so far as lobbyists at times, it's like, it's great because you can always get in and sort of meet. You can already sort of, you can sort of understand who the staff are. You can meet with the, uh, um, the member and, and sort of get things through. Or it's bad because it's just more opportunity to mess things up. (laughs) That's so true, though. (laughs) You hear climate. And I think people will say, you know, yeah, it depends. It's great, but it depends. That's right. That's right. So you came to D.C. and you were with us for a couple of years. And then you ended up back in Ohio. Tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit, you went back to Cleveland. Tell me a little bit about, after after you did Clean Coal, Walk me through that. I'm not going to do it for you. You obviously know better than me. One of those boomerangs, a bunch of us out, out all throughout the Midwest, but yeah. after high school was sort of gone from Cleveland for, you know, from 18 to mid thirties, late thirties and had the opportunity to come and get a uh, executive role in Port of Cleveland as the VP of external affairs. Mm-hmm. And at a pretty young age, I couldn't pass it up. Uh, as we both know in D.C., uh, young tends to be um, probably 10 years or 15 years older than what most people may think of young back in, <laughs> in here in the, in the, yep. in the hinterlands. Yeah. But but uh, but there being able to come to Port of Cleveland, being able to come back home. My wife is actually uh, Crystal um, is from Akron, Ohio. OK. And so um, that's sort of, and we'll get to Thornton Buckeye Group and sort of explain that, that name yeah. as well. Yeah. But uh, was able to come back to the Port of Cleveland and I managed the government affairs and media relations at the Port uh, immediately upon taking the job and sort of building out uh, the government relations program from staffing all the way to our contractors, to our issues, our strategic plans uh, on the government relations side and the media side to building up our social media we and 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 luckily we had some really really good success i i enjoyed it 
we've uh we've had uh we we built out a, a pretty robust climate mitigation planning uh over over the last say years we were able to also uh, we're probably in the top five of ports in, in north america is that right as far as social media impact following oh. and things of that nature um and it's allowed us to be able to really discuss uh with our audiences in North America and, and in Europe, which is sort of the main trade routes uh, at the Port of Cleveland for maritime trade in Canada, what we what we are, what we're doing, what our investments are, um, the kind of opportunities we bring uh, to the market. And we saw, you know, that uptick in um, economic activity at the port uh, to the tune of almost a billion extra dollars over this last near decade. Wow. So uh, annually. And so that's been that's been um, it's been good. We've been able to get some uh, be at the forefront of developing national and state legislative programming for ports, specifically that's great. Uh, the port infrastructure development grants at at Department of Transportation, mm. and uh, also maritime assistance program at Ohio Legislature, which has you know just the Port of Cleveland alone has yielded close to a hundred million dollars in infrastructure uh, grants. And money that we put right back into the community, building up our docks, building up the uh, community around us and those jobs and protection of jobs and growth of jobs on our docks. And so proud of it. I'm glad to have the opportunity. Uh, I was promoted to SVP throughout that time, and it has been um, just good to be home. Uh, it was good to be able to bring back what I had learned nationally what i had learned working in 39 different states yeah at ace yeah and to bring that back home well and and so much i love that you called it the rust belt and now the opportunity belt is that something that that the state and the port of our folks really because to me hold on because I'm, I'm gonna get to a question i'm sort of working my way up to it <laughs> so bear with me but the question i have is that for so long you and i've been talking about um on the national level on the campaign level the importance of bringing those jobs back to the u.s the loss of those jobs that have been sent overseas and a lot of that was sort of the the um the worry that that so much of our um manufacturing and everything else had sort of gone in a different place. It sounds to me like what you really spent a lot of time doing is bringing that back home and making sure that that was bolstered and supported and, and built up in a new and different way. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that, that was uh, definitely from the board and our CEO um, angle. That was sort of what they were hoping we were, we, you know, bringing in a hire like me would be able to do with the help with that. It, you know, it wasn't just me, uh, but I think that, uh, a sort of shift in uh, trade um, with uh, Asia becoming so much more dominant, but then we had the pandemic and um, and we had these supply chain disruptions. Yeah. But also with the federal government spending more money directly um, in the U.S. economy and you start looking at things like Buy America provisions and things like that. And again, there are people who love those and the people who absolutely think they uh, may impede, you know, economic development or infrastructure repairs. Right. Again, um, they have valid, valid issues on, on both sides of that, but the onshoring of those jobs has had an impact on employment. It has had an impact on just no, uh, on the ports docks, 
uh, as well, but I think it's have also having an impact on availability of goods and products and what people see when they go on the shelves. But less so on the shelves, but when you start talking about uh, car parts, when you start talking about uh, computer parts, when you start talking about energy uh, generation parts, yeah. when you start talking about uh, those kind of things that impact people every day, but they may not know it. They may not see, you may not see that alternator turning or those bolts and nuts that are uh, holding on your A-frame in your car until you need those bolts and nuts yeah. or until you need the alternator, until you need right. that computer uh, and being able to go get those things. I think that has been, and, and here in the Midwest, frankly, uh, we have a lot of land, mm-hmm. we have a lot of land, a lot of water. Yeah. And um, institutions uh, and educational institutions and governmental institutions and corporate institutions that have capacity to serve that need. And I think that is uh, why you continue to see places like Ohio continue to sort of be at the political center of of debate um, because of because of those resources. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's, it's tremendous to me. I've, I've only spent a little bit of time in a couple of the cities in Ohio myself traveling with uh, Secretary of Commerce and also doing some, some of the work that we did in the campaigns and otherwise. It is a tremendous resource, and it continues to be a place that people look to for guidance and counsel and, and, and really to try to get a sense of what it is people care about. Um, ultimately, it is the economy, it is jobs, it is resources, um, and it's a lot of what you did in that role that you came back from D.C. to do. So I'm really, really grateful for that. They're lucky that they had you. But now you're making this new transition. You've stepped away from the port. You and Crystal have built this really great company that now you guys are expanding and growing and offering um, a lot of guidance to clients. Talk to me a little bit about, number one, tell me about the name, the origin of Thornton Buckeye Group. Um, and tell me a little bit about what you guys are hoping to do with the company now that you're moving forward. I, um, I'll tell you, Thornton Buckeye Group has been uh, something that we've been working on and actually started while working, while living and working in D.C. Uh, she was a lobbyist uh, at that point for Kent State University. I was working uh, at American Coalition Clean Coal Electricity, and we were, we had all these folks calling from all over the country that we sort of knew, whether it was from college, whether it was from Young Dems or something back in the day, whether it was from our statehouse work. Uh, things of that nature, and say, hey, you know, I want you to come and talk to this group for me. I want you to, could you give this such this person advice? They're thinking about running for office. Could you give this at the CEO of this mid-sized company? He sort of wants to know, or she wants to know what's going on. Um, and uh, some good mentors, and I tell people all the time, um, develop good relationships with people who have sort of been down your path before Yeah. Um, sort of told us, advised us like, Hey, you know, you guys should really think about just having something, look, just get a bank account, get a website. And, and that was 2014. Wow. And now in 2023, we're, we're pushing up on nine years on 10 years, pretty soon. Um, Thornton Buckeye group was sort of created my wife, Crystal MC Davis is from, um, grew up Crystal Cook. In Akron, Ohio, uh-huh. and uh, she grew up off of Thornton Road uh, in Akron, and I grew up off of Buckeye Road in Cleveland. And uh, we both met at the state house, working in the state legislature. And uh, she was actually a lobbyist first before me, 
and uh, she worked for Joyce Beatty when she was um, um, leader of the uh, was minority leader in the state house, mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, worked uh, for Governor Strickland. And here we are. We met uh, there at the state house, got married. That's a, a long, like a, a, a it was a whirlwind romance. And <laughs> I uh, love those. Those are my favorite kind. <laughs> and and uh, we started Thor the Buckeye Group as a way in order to sort of, you know, help people, help friends, work on issues we particularly cared about and uh, sort of grew. But Thornton Buckeye Group operates at the nexus of business and government. And um, we offer political policy, relationship management, um, and helping companies and nonprofits, startups, um, develop a political profile, Mm -hmm. build coalitions, work on policy, understand what policies are impacting them, why, how, um, and and how to advocate for themselves in order to satisfy their their business or uh, their uh, institutional strategy that they need to, to meet. And we sort of offer a lot of services to help with that strategy as, uh, as well. That's great. And so uh, it's been good, um, been a growing company every year. And uh, both in people and, and in clientele and various issues. Uh, but uh, my focus uh, in the company is really on energy, uh, economy, trade issues uh, as well. Um, Crystal uh, focuses a lot on education, health, um, and um, uh, education from pre-K out of school time all the way to higher ed to you know health issues. Uh, from you know maternal health, uh, also in healthcare and, and things of those natures, and we uh, uh, offer a lot of issues around tech, tech development, and um, just managing that profile, and and all the way up to helping people decide: do they go hire lobbyists? Do they what kind of lobbying they need? Oh, what kind that's of issues? Really do they need the state, federal? Yeah. Do they need to be looking at local? Do they need to be multiple jurisdictional and things of that nature? Really helping people navigate not only the issues that we talk about across the table at dinner every night, but also connecting them with people that can help them advance their causes. And I love that so much. Some of our biggest, some of our longest running clients have been people that run issue campaigns. Mm -hmm. uh, Because again, that is getting to the nexus of what people are thinking about and who, who can sort of inform you on that. What kind of coalition should you build? How, why? uh, All those kind of things. It's sort of a niche that we both saw. Uh, through our years of, of the people we were hiring, yeah, for from sure. our work, yeah, like yeah. what kind of people we were looking for, yeah. Um, we didn't necessarily just need a lobbyist. We didn't necessarily just need a lawyer. We didn't necessarily need a PR consultant. We needed a connector, and we needed an informer. We needed someone who could be on, who can pick up the phone, and and sort of give us an outlook on 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 what to do, yeah, and and to be available. And so uh, that's we've been glad to really serve that niche. I love that. Well, I'm going to make sure that in the show notes for this conversation that people know how to find you so they can find you on the website and connect. Um, because I do think so that guy group, uh, com. Got and, it. Um, that's also the social media. That's well, we're going to list it all. So folks, even if they don't catch it here, they can go to the notes and they can find it because I do want to point them to you guys. I know you guys are so well-regarded and so well-appreciated in the state. And you really do have some tremendous connections through all the work. I mean, as as we talk about ourselves as young people, I mean, you guys have a long and beautiful pedigree of, of being really helpful and thoughtful about the work that you do. Um, and I want to make sure that, that my listeners know how to find you. 
But also, too, when you're not building this amazing business, when you're not helping people figure out how to navigate, whether it's Cleveland or anything that's happening sort of in the Buckeye State, uh, your Cleveland Browns, I know, are having a bit of a bad week. You just told me before we got on the call, you got some football stuff that's that's keeping you up at night. What um, what keeps you busy outside of the business side of life, Jade? You know, um, <laughs> for fun, we, we have our guilty pleasures. I don't mind personally. I'm, I'm fin- I just finished up Billions um, on uh, Showtime, uh-huh. the final episode. Uh, good to see Bobby Axelrod back. Um, and uh, man, reading reading a couple of different books right now. High on the Hog is one that my wife had read a while ago by Jessica Harris. And um, um, I'm finally starting down that path and also reading Lucky Me by Rich Paul. And uh, Rich and I actually went to high school together. And so to see now the super agent um, that, you know, we were making beats on the lunchroom table uh, 20 <laughs> years ago, uh, 25 years ago, it's just uh, kind of surreal, but, you know, such is life. Um, also serving on a corporate board for Choir Power, which is a uh, a tech startup uh, that is looking at ways to alleviate uh, energy poverty, GHGs. Uh, GHG management for both uh, homes and companies, businesses, and um, uh, both here and, and and abroad. And so that has been very enlightening and glad to be able to provide, you know, have the opportunity to provide a lot of strategy and insight from just my energy background. I've, I've worked uh, on energy policy and state legislators all over the country and, and Congress um um as well and then the PUCO on the regulatory side and, and working with utilities on behalf of utilities and 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 fuel sources and, and ace and so uh it's been good to be able to continue to apply that knowledge uh and looking at putting together the business projects and strategy while I was at the port and so it's good and uh some commercial real estate development through a partnership next generation development partners um here in uh, Cleveland. And um, so I'm busy. Yes, but, you are. Um, busy beats the alternative. Yes. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's that yeah. too. You remind me that I've promised, I've promised my audience now over the course of the last two and a half, almost three years now that I'm going to put together a bookshelf, books that are recommended through listeners. So I'm grateful for those two, for High on the Hog and for Lucky Me, because I'm going to put those back into that rotation. I'm going to get that going. That's You've reminded me to reinvigorate that project because I think it's important. The other thing too, Jade, as we get to the end of our conversation, which I can't believe we've been talking now for 30 minutes, we could talk another 30 about all the other things. Um, Is there, as we get to the end, I always ask for a recommendation. I always ask for someone else that I should talk to for the show for future conversation. Is there someone that you know, either in Ohio or in the States or somewhere across the country you think would be a good conversation for me? You know, um, I have have, uh, uh, three people. Both of them are near and dear to me, but I think they are uh, very, very worthy um, sort of conversations to have. One is Crystal Davis, because Crystal is not my wife, but she has a very different set of interests and work that she does on a day-to-day basis, especially in the environmental community. Yeah. Um, and I think she would be great. Um, Justin Bibb is a good friend of mine, mayor of the city of Cleveland, uh, another millennial. We, I, I've known Justin since we were kids. 
and stuff growing up here in Cleveland. And he sort of was a boomerang like me that, that was able to go out to the world, come back and bring that. And he's leading our city, our hometown. And okay. then uh, our former colleague, Bob Paducci, I think uh, um, he would be uh, someone very good to get on here and discuss sort of what's, you know, what's sort of going on um, uh, from his experience running RNC to various campaigns as well. I think he'll be a good one for you. Those are three dynamite recommendations. I haven't talked to Bob in a while. He's been a busy guy, and um, I would love to hear what he's up to. Crystal, of course, I uh, haven't had a chance to see her in a minute since we've all been back to doing our lives and COVID and everything else, so she's on the list. And Justin would be also a great addition. Jade, it is always so good to catch up with you. I um, I hope all of our friends at ACE uh, have had a chance to listen in and hear how you're doing. I'm lucky enough to be in contact with a bunch of them. I made a joke about our friend John, but I really do. I, re- I look back on those as much as there were uh, lots of stories that made all of our hair stand up. There was a lot of really hard work and really good work that was done there with some really, really tremendous people, you being one of them. Yeah, and, and honestly, uh, I think we... We've also did a lot more work than anyone would believe in advancing sort of the advancements in energy, um, lowering GHGs and sort of attacking um, just the and, and trying to lower down emissions and things of that nature. I think uh, it's going to have a long term effect. And again, uh, it's one of those emerging issues that I think uh, is going to be um, that's that's changing the political dynamics of of, of campaigns and governing nationally all the way to local levels. Absolutely agree. It's one that's going to continue to be an issue for long after you and I are walking around on this planet. So it's one that I'm lucky enough to have worked on with you. Um, And I wish you all the very best as you grow this amazing company that you and Crystal have built together. And I look forward to seeing you again soon, my friend. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. Another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love having this show. I love you to be part of it. Thanks again. Thanks to PR Daily for being a partner. And thanks to the folks at Big Wig Podcast for letting us be part of their network. See you soon.